0: Hey, welcome in to the Stinky Truth Podcast. Mark Schler alongside Mike Evans. We've got uh, Millennial Ben producing the show. want to thank our, uh, our presenting sponsor, corporate sponsor, whatever it is. Um, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with the winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Also, stinking good green chili. Guys, uh, my green chili company thriving right now. You want some to smother all those uh, burgers for your grilling season, whatever the case may be. Over your eggs in the morning. Check us out at stinkinggood.com. Green chili and queso dip. Mike, how are you, buddy? I am doing great. Uh, I am I'm I'm loving what's going
1: on in the the NFL as we get ready for the draft, but another big QB contract, this time given out to uh to Derek Carr.
0: Yeah, the one guy that stays home, right? Like like this has been this has been by far. From all my years of playing, to all my years of um, of being an analyst, which is what going on 22 now, I think of of being an NFL analyst. Uh, either either ESPN or Fox. Um, this has been the most the, the craziest offseason I've ever been a part of. I mean, it's insane the movement, the contracts, and now Derek Carr signs this extension with the Raiders. Paying him about a little over forty million dollars a year becomes one of the top, you know, five or six guys um, on the pay scale. Like it, it is—it's insane to me, and it's basically a guaranteed deal. Um, you know, the language and it—it's—it it, just is—it's incredible. And you know, and I don't even with that said, and I, I'm a big Derek Carr fan. I think Derek Carr is a damn good quarterback. I really do. Um, I think the guy um, is – like I just think he's a phenomenal – he's a phenomenal player. And so I've always – you know, I've always looked at Derek Carr as as a guy that has – like Derek Carr to me has elite quarterback kind of quote-unquote potential. Now, with that said, you signed this big extension, and it's incredible. And I think what they have on offense – I think what the Raiders have done this offseason makes them a very viable – Remember that like nobody nobody remembers this. They they were a playoff team last mm-hmm. year, right? And it makes them very viable. You look at the the Derek Carr extension, you look at what they got with Devontae Adams, you look at the tight end Waller, who's one of the best in the business, there's no question. You look at Renfro in the slot, you know, converting third downs, doing all that, just like they have got tons of weapons, Mike. Tons of weapons. And even with all that said, and all the praise I'm heaping on the Raiders, which is like eating a turd sandwich for me, because <laughs> you know I hate the Raiders with a white-hot intensity of 1,000 suns. Even though I've just eaten a turd sandwich, and Derek Carr signs the big extension, they still have the fourth-best quarterback in their own division. How many teams with the fourth-best quarterback in their own division go to the playoffs? Zero is the answer. At least that's my hope. Are you, are you, abs-
1: are you absolutely sure... He's the fourth-best quarterback in that division. Or if I throw at you, yeah. Russell Wilson might be going through some initial growing pains in Denver. You've got uh, a first-time head coach in Nathaniel Hackett who's uh, hasn't called plays in a, in a while as the primary play caller. Mm-hmm. Never mind, now he's a head coach. How does that dynamic work? I'm sure it'll eventually... Click, but will it click right away? So you got that issue, and then you like to say Chargers gonna Charger, and and even though they got Justin Herbert, are you one hundred percent convinced that uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers are all that? So what what I'm saying is is that can, can you make an argument? And you just kind of laid out what the what the Raiders have. They got some good pieces on defense. I don't know. I mean, wh- why why can't the the Raiders and Derek Carr be the second best team in that division?
0: Yeah, that's I mean, it's a great. I think that's the intrigue of this division. You know, for years you talk about the their cyclical nature. There is there is um, you know there's always these these conferences or divisions that are, are just crazy and forever. When Russell Wilson was in the NFC West, we used to say, "Man, the NFC West! Look at that division." Last year, hell, last year we said it. They got they got Russell Wilson. Matthew Stafford, who I've always, you know, I've always thought was an elite quarterback. Matthew Stafford, they got Kyler Murray and, uh, and, and you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. But they drafted Trey Lance. But the bottom line is we looked at how, di- how difficult that division was the last couple of years. And you're like, man, you know, the, the Niners went to the Super Bowl. The Niners went to the NFC, champion, uh, the NFC playoffs, uh, to the championship game last year. I mean, you look at it and you think to yourself, man, this, is, this division is stacked. Micah, take a step over to the AFC West. The AFC West is as, as tightly wound, as, as, de- as deep, I think, probably as deep as any division I can, I, I can remember. And you played in the NFC
1: East, by the way. Right. When it was loaded. So mm. do you see shades of that when it comes to what we'll be looking at this year in the AFC West? we're just that's, every division game it's a different style of play but i'm just talking about right. the 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 competitiveness and, and the idea that every single division game is circled and yeah. that there's a there's an anticipation that week for that game and that after you after you play that game against a division opponent are you ripe for a
0: letdown the following week if you play somebody mm. that's kind of ho hum outside your division yeah this is really, it's a really interesting, it is an interesting kind of, you you talk about the different styles of play, and you know, back in those days, the Giants, big physical football team, you know, more two back, um, we in in Washington, where I played, we were one back offense, so we were a three wide receiver, you know, we were a, 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 a three wides set, uh, was our base, but uh, we're going to cram it down your throat out of three wides, we're going to run the ball, Um Philadelphia didn't have an offense. They just had a great defense. I don't know what their offense was. I, I started thinking about this as you just mentioned it. I mean, Andy Reid, his roots are West Coast offense. Now he's, he's, he's you know, the, he's morphed into a West Coast open spread more than, you know, the traditional type of what we think of West Coast. Nathaniel Hackett's West Coast offense. Who's the OC, who's the OC for the Chargers? You know, who the OC is. While no. we talk, I'll look it up. Yeah, well, I, I can look it up. So I I can't because it was Shane Steichen, and then Shane went to uh, Philadelphia. So, um, oh, he Joe Sh- Lombardi, yeah, Joe Lombardi, who's a West Coast guy. So Joe Lombardi is a West Coast dude. You know, he came over from the Saints with Sean with with Sean Payton and and uh, and Pete Carmichael and all those guys. So he's a West Coast guy, and then and then. Uh, who am I missing? They're the Raiders now. The Raiders will be the first team in that division. Well, it's gonna be Josh right. McDaniel's McDaniel's, who's not, who's not necessarily "quote unquote" West Coast, but a lot. I, I'm interested to see how Josh, like how Josh adjusts, because having done it, having I'm doing a New England game last year where Josh and I were talking. He goes, "Well, we we you know we're a gap scheme downhill, blah blah blah." because the head coach says we're going to be a da- downhill gap scheme. He goes he does not he does not see the value in going east and west to get north and south. Like that is not that is not his thing. He wants everything to be double team downhill. And so it'll it'll be interesting, you know, passing concepts and all those things. Um and the running concepts how they fit those things together and and what they kind of quote unquote morph into. Um but yeah, this this division is freaking loaded. But with with all the improvements made, you still
1: think Kansas City is is still yeah. the best team? Right. But where, where as whereas before it was head and shoulders. Yeah, you know what? This, it's gotten closer, but are right. they still the clear favorite for you?
0: I think it's very close. Or you think they're I think it's very close. They're yeah. in for a dogfight. I think they I think they're in. I think they're I think this whole division's in for a dogfight because I think everybody, you know, I mean if if the Chargers don't charge, they're going to be they're going to be tough out. The Raiders are going to be a tough out. I think the Broncos with Russell Wilson, the excitement, they're I think they're going to be obviously they're going to be much improved, but they're going to be a tough out. You know, I just it just popped into my head and I just thought I like to reminisce, you know, I like to go back in time. Um with a division that back in my childhood was freaking loaded. And that was the, it was at the time, it was the AFC Central with Pittsburgh and the love you bu- blue Houston Oilers and the cardiac kids with uh, Brian Stipe and, and, then, and, then, and then Cincinnati. This <laughs> is Cincinnati, right? <laughs> Who were not good. Brian Stipe. Yeah, what'd I say? Stipe. Oh, the, you mean the, the guy from REM? <laughs> yeah. I, I put the guy from REM <laughs> yes, starting, yeah, yes. starting. Yes, you did. Yes. Starting at yeah. quarterback. Yes. For yes. your Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yes. Happy, shiny people. Yeah. <laughs> Heine, <Heiny>, shiny people? <laughs> I, mean, I screwed that up. I'm just off a of heart surgery. Give yeah. Me a break.
1: Oh, by the way, yeah, yeah, for those who don't know, Mark underwent a heart procedure uh-huh. last week, not surgery. Uh, heart procedure. It was, it was
0: surgery. It was surgery. No, yeah. it was
1: it was it was pretty pretty intense. So I'm sure a lot of people, uh, you know, want a quick update. How you feeling? Yeah,
0: I you know what I feel. You were you were banged up for a while. I was I was hurting. Yeah. Um. And that was, I mean, that was my 30th surgery.
1: Congratulations and on the milestone. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate. That.
0: I've been waiting. You were for, stuck on 29 for a while. For a long time. For a long time. Um. So I went in for a quote-unquote, routine ablation, they call it, which, um, you know, minor surgery, if you will. I, as I always said as a player, it's only a minor surgery when it's on the other guy, right? <laughs> right? When it's on you, it's pretty major. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, long story short, they go through both groins, both of your arteries and your groin, and and they basically take these wires up into your heart, and I had AFib, and what they do is around the AFib, the the faulty electrical signals, so your heart's not beating in rhythm, right? The top and the bottom chambers aren't working in unison. Um, they they puncture a bunch of little holes in your heart, and they zap them like laser them, and that interrupts the signals so that the faulty signals don't affect your heart anymore. That is the theory behind it, and it's a it's incredible surgery. Um, but when they went in, and I'm on the operating table. Um, the bursa sac that, that protects your heart, mine was full of fluid. And so then they were like, well, we got to drain the fluid off your heart. Um, I'm going to wait for this, obviously. And so when they went to do that, they apparently, my, my heart started bleeding. They probably nicked it. Um, and The doctor said it probably nicked it. Um doctor probably went, oops. Yeah, exactly. What? So then my heart started bleeding. Oh, jeez. And so then I was on the operating table. They trying to get it to stop bleeding. And then they had to put a little hole in my stomach and aspirate my chest and, and get all the blood out of there before they could perform the surgery. So as I like to say, uh, it, it, the surgery only took an hour. It was the breast reduction that took, uh, you know, it was my <laughs> breast reduction that took two and a half hours. So They look glorious, yeah, by the way. I, um, I woke up and I spent the next four days... In as much pain as I've ever been in. Um, my my whole chest cavity is so was so swollen up and my heart was so swollen up. Everything is like I mean, I couldn't I could I couldn't breathe. I couldn't take a full breath. I could, I mean it was I was hurting. Um and all kidding aside, um
1: you're one tough son of a bitch. I mean, you've
0: you've uh, Yeah you've, well, you've
1: played through a lot of, of pain and injuries over the years so
0: uh, no one questions your toughness and for you to say this was his- well, my wife was questioning my toughness <laughs> <laughs> I was like hey they don't pay me to be tough anymore um so it was but I'm doing I'm doing well I had an appointment yesterday and I'm doing I'm doing much better I feel I feel much better and now it's just a matter of resting and you know I talked to the nurse yesterday and she goes, just remember not only do we you know like laser your heart but we puncture holes all over your heart it, it takes a while that thing has to heal you know It. so she's like you need to lay low for three weeks and just kind of recoup well i think i speak for you uh, you and i both have had heart
1: you had a procedure i had surgery yeah, you had open heart and surgery. um it, but it is just a, a reminder we got a lot of guys that listen to the, the podcast Sure. Get your heart checked out, okay? Yeah. The, just, you just never know what's going on, and any any way you can get ahead of whatever issues that may be right going on there, the better.
0: So yeah, absolutely. Make sure take it you take, from a couple guys right. who've been
1: through a lot.
0: Yeah, make sure you tickers. take care. Of, yeah, make sure you take care of yourself because uh it is uh it is important. But I thank you so much, and all the people who reached out to me, which were literally hundreds. Um Hundreds of text messages, thousands of people on social media. Um, your prayers, your thoughts, uh they're important. And uh, and I appreciate that about every single one of you. So thank you.
1: All right, so that's the uh uplifting, uh encouraging part of the uh podcast. Let's mm-hmm. get to uh let's get to the uh your former team, Washington.
0: Lord have mercy.
1: And what's going on in their f- <sighs> who does I mean, Daniel wh- Snyder have pictures
0: of? I I d I don't I, what, the, what the, is, the,
1: the latest revelations, Congress is Alleging that they they had two sets of books, they you know they, they cooked the books. They had two sets of books. They they withheld revenue that was owed to uh, to, to customers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe shortchanging opposing teams. How can this guy be allowed to continue to own
0: the Washington Commanders? He can't. Well, he he's, he has got. Will he? he he's got to be ousted. And like, like I said, who's he got pictures of? Like, what, like what, what in the world does he have over their heads that they haven't already forced him to sell that team? Because that guy is a T-U-R-D turd. And now, like, hey, one thing about owners, like the owners are going to support the owners. But if you're one of the owners stealing from the other owners, I can't imagine that's going to sit well. I, I cannot imagine that's going to go over well so listen I, I i rarely i don't root Mike for um i don't root for destruction. I don't root for uh, people to get fired. I don't root for um that guy needs to go. he just flat needs to go. he's everything that is it, it, he's everything that is poison um about this league and and you know what and and that dude needs to be relieved. Washington, I just have such fond memories. Um, and I still, I still monthly get together with a group of, uh, of the guys. Um, you know, we do a, a Zoom, monthly Zoom call with uh, Monty Coleman and Charles Monk and Daryl Green and Tim Johnson and, and Freddie Stokes and myself and, you know, and, and half a dozen other guys. And it's just a, you know, there's just a, a wonderful commitment and a, a camaraderie and, a, and a, just a beauty um of of being a part of of that, that that Joe Gibbs Washington you know that time they were a marquee franchise they were one of the best franchises in football in they're, sports yeah in sports they're you're freak, talking about a model yes. franchise they're a freaking joke yeah they are a joke and and he is the reason they're a joke there are very few people i can't stand he's one of them and um i, I just just um, like You cannot allow that guy to continue to represent your league. That's it. He needs to go. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, like, they need to get Elliot Ness on the case. Could you imagine if Elliot Ness was prosecuting this? Like, he was going after him. Him and Sean Connery, right? (laughs) The fight you're having. They send one of yours to the hospital. You send one of theirs to the morgue. (laughs) You know. That's a terrible Sean Connery. That's a terrible Sean Connery. But you know what I was trying yeah. to say. Yes, 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 yes. The untouchables. Yes. Yeah, the untouchables. Yes. They need Elliot Ness yes, on, the case. on the
1: case. Well, it 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 seems to me this is an open and shut case, but again, it it nobody closes ranks better than NFL owners. But they have shown the past. They did it with Jerry Richardson in Carolina. Yeah. He was he was disposed of quickly very quickly. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the league is is very good at protecting the shield and and right now the shield is dented, yep. tarnished a bit with with it what's is. going on in Washington. I mean, you got the cheerleader scandal, you you got yeah, How many How many scandals
0: does it take I before don't,
1: you finally get rid of a dude? I, it, right? I, it seems pretty obvious, but hey, he's he's been a lot he's survived to this point, so we'll see what happens there. Um uh, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, another uh, topic that I know that mm, yes. subject that you have a lot of fun and sure. you enjoy talking about. Says that he feels disrespected by the uh, Cleveland Browns mm. that he was told one thing, and of course they went a different direction with, with acquiring uh, Deshaun Watson. Where where would you? Um, what would be your advice to Baker
0: Mayfield? Shut up. That would be my advice. Quit talking. You know, there's this, there's this old saying, Mike, I love this saying, and I, don't, I can't give credit to who credit is, is due because I have no idea who said it originally, but the saying goes like this, Mike, the wise man speaks because he has something to say. The fool speaks because he has to say something. Baker, you're on the second end of that equation. The fool speaks because you have to say something. You don't have to, dude. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Go about... There's a reason that Cleveland lied to you. There's a reason that they moved on. There's a reason that they think a quarterback with 22 civil suits and, and, and depositions that are... Video depositions that are toxic, that are embarrassing, that are awful. There's a reason that they chose him over you. It's because of the way you were play- You were the first overall pick. And what we've seen, here's what it takes to play quarterback in the league, Mike. And, you know, I, I give quarterbacks a lot of grief, but it's the toughest position, um, arguably in sports. Like the, the level of knowledge that you have to have, the, ele- the level of decision-making that you need to, to, to have, the level of maturity that you need to have, um, it's, it's all of those things, right? It, it's, it's, it is the hardest position in football to play or the hardest position in professional sports to play. You have to have an adult. You have to be a grown-up. You have to be mature enough to deflect 100% of the praise when you win and accept 100% of the blame when you lose. And for me... Forget about the inconsistencies and the, you know, incompletions and the interceptions and the bad decisions and, and, and on and on and on and on. For me, you can't be my quarterback because you're not a grown up. That's it. I I can't have you as my quarterback because you're not a grown up. You know what? You are where you are because of the crappy decisions you've made the world does not conspire against Baker Mayfield it doesn't you've put yourself in this position and the best possible thing you could do is shut up and go prove the naysayers wrong With by the way you play that's the best thing you could do will he no he won't because the fool has to say something that's where we are he also went on to say that uh, Seattle is the most
1: likely best option for him. I don't know. Is that news to Seattle? Uh, is this uh, news to Drew Locke, who is uh, is there right now? Is It would appear there don't seem to be too many landing spots for yeah, Baker he, Mayfield. Listen, listen. Seattle does seem to make the right. most sense, but it takes – Two to the tango. Is Seattle interested in Baker Mayfield?
0: Here's what I would say to you. Here's what, like, again, read the room. The Carolina Panthers and you both announced at the same time that there was a mutual disinterest in, in each other. I've never heard that term before. Yeah, mutual, a mutual, dessert, mutual yes. disinterest yes. in each other. Like, how much more do you need to hear? Did you watch the Carolina Panthers? I called one of their games. Did you – I think one, maybe two. Did, you, did anybody watch them last year? Did you watch what you rolled out of the quarterback position? Did you watch Sam Darnold? Did you watch uh, – what was it, P.J. Walker? Did you watch – did Cam Newton go back there? Cam last? Newton, yeah. Did you watch Cam Newton? Guys, that, that, that is – you want to talk – you know, my tears of, of milk quarterbacks – you want to talk about the tiers of milk quarterbacks? Like, you know, the the whole milk is the elite guys. And 2% is the Kirk Cousins guys. The 1% guys are, uh, you know, the 1% guys are, are guys you roll out there, but you know can't, like the, the Teddy Bridgewater guys. And then there's the skim milk, right, which is water disguised as milk. <laughs> um, Those guys, you don't have, that, that's what they have. They rolled out skim milk quarterbacks and you're saying we have a mutual disinterest with with Baker Mayfield? Come on, man, come on. Yikes.
1: Uh one last one to get to. And uh we're all wondering why Tom Brady retired. did mm-hmm. Didn't really formally retire but but appeared to retire and then comes back like right. 40 days later. So what do you make of the uh the recent um revelation, I guess, reporting that he was set to retire and then go join the Dolphins as a combo deal with Sean Payton in which Tom would take on kind of more like an executive role, a la what Derek Jeter was recently doing in Florida with the Marlins. Mm -hmm. And Sean Payton would come in to coach, the idea being that there was a relationship there between Sean uh, between Tom Brady and Stephen Ross, the owner, both Michigan guys. Mm. But all that got, um, uh, you know, pushed to the back burner well, or got blown. The chances of it happening disintegrated when the Brian Flores suit came to light. And that changed the plans. And therefore, Brady said, you know, upon further review, I want to play. Right. How much
0: do you mm.
1: how much do you put in, in in into that as this is the reason why Tom Brady is back? Playing football.
0: Well, I would say that that all seems that there was the there was the, the reported boat trip or something with Stephen Ross. Yep. And Br- yep. So it, it, like where there's smoke, there's usually some fire. So I would say that there's probably just and I have no idea, but I would just say based on the tea leaves um, and the smoke, I would say that that's probably pretty credible. Um, it also proves what I had said when nobody wanted to listen to me a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't about Bruce Arians stepping up to the front office that, made Tom, that, that allowed Tom Brady to come back. Like, that, that was poppycock. That was ridiculousness. That was uh, preposterous. I, I, you know, like Tom Brady is not afraid to be coached. And, and I've told you this before about B.A., and he is an authentic dude. And full disclosure, he's a friend. But one thing about BA, and it's always been very prominent in his in his life and the way he's coached and everything else, it's he is for. He is an advocate for minorities. He's an advocate on his staff for giving people opportunities, and um, and he believes he believes in it wholeheartedly, and that to me is bigger, a bigger part of B.A.'s legacy than, you know, going back and coaching Tom Brady again and getting another Super Bowl. That's what his legacy is always going to be about. Um, and so that, I, I think he, I mean, he's the first guy at Virginia Tech to, to, have a, um, to have an African-American roommate, first white guy. And, you know, it was the, uh, I think it was uh, the, the Barber brothers' father. You know Tiki and uh, and uh, Rondé. Rondé, yeah. So I, just listen, man. That that makes a whole lot more sense to me than oh, BA agreed to step upstairs. Like that was that was just total garbage to me. But anyhow, are
1: you real quick? Are you if you if you buy into the, the possibility of this story with the Dolphins mm-hmm. and, and Brady being correct? does it question a little bit whether or not is is Brady completely motivated
0: to come back and play? Oh one thing one thing I don't ever worry about, Tom Brady, is uh is lack of desire to shove it up your can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Well, on that note. <laughs> that that is Tom Brady one oh one. Hey, glad you're feeling better. Thank you, buddy. You I really pre- do I appreciate it. Thanks for holding down the fort while I was gone. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, for everybody, for Mike, myself, millennial Ben. Thank you so much for downloading, listening to the podcast, however you do that. I don't know. To me, it, it might as well be magic because I don't know how that works. <laughs> so, thank you so much for, for doing that for us. Uh, please, if you love the podcast, share it with all your friends and family. If you hate it, don't tell anybody. Okay? Don't tell anybody. Uh, for our, our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers, Bet with a Winner, Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app, check them out at betrevers.com, stinkinggood.com, guys. Order your green chili online, order your queso dip online for your summer barbecuing. You will not regret it, Uh, stinkinggood.com. For everybody, man, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week.